dies, Burger Bounce is back for Series 2. Join me, Charlie, over the next six episodes where I chat to chefs, food bloggers and industry insiders to find out their best burgers ever. Where, when and what. There'll be a side dish of food nostalgia and a big dollop of chats and bounce to go with. On the menu for Episode 1 is Perry Wakeman from award-winning Cambridge cheesemonger Rennet and Rind. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you for coming on. <laughs> We've just been sitting here chatting, I was yeah. with everybody, yeah. and we'd better start recording. We did a private podcast <laughs> 30 minutes before, let's go again. <laughs> um, so I ask this with everybody mm. that comes on, because I really, I genuinely love to hear. Mm. Your childhood, what types of food were you eating when you were little? What was your favourite type of food? Yeah. What were you eating around the table? Well, I wasn't eating much, to be honest. I was like a real fussy eater. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was like thinking about, you know, what you know, listening to the other podcast, what sticks out for me, and then loads of other things stuck out. But I, um, I was originally from um, Dagenham in Essex. So, um, so kind of like impoverished area type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, money was a, a, a little bit tight. Mum and dad worked really hard. And then I was like thinking about, um, you know, food was kind of fuel. Yeah. And, but also mum did a great job to make it fun. So like, oh, like that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds incredibly sweet. Um, it does. And of course it is. And she would make some really cool things. And, uh, you know, one, one of them was simple bangers and mash, right? Yeah. But she would put them as a bonfire, right? Yeah, no. Is this keep a, going. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'll keep going. Yeah, and then just pour beans over it. And the bangers would be like popping out of the thing. And it looked like a bonfire. And that would be really exciting for someone who doesn't, you know, as a kid who didn't like complex flavours at the time, for someone saying that who does artisan cheese is crazy really, but didn't like complex flavours, like simple stuff. I despise beans to this day actually, so that you know, that, that I, I don't know why I'd like them when I was younger. But yeah, food was just like kind of fun. And you know, like it was just trying to find, I'm guessing what was on a budget and make that as fun as possible. We briefly had a conversation about Viennetta yeah. and how that was way too expensive when I was yeah. younger. And I'd still feel bad if I buy one. I haven't bought one actually. I'll well, say you know, you're going to buy one. <laughs> I know I'm going to treat myself. You know, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, I love. I mean, yeah. it was the same for us in a way. My parents used to do bangers and mash. So yeah. we'd do mash in the middle. Yeah. A moat of beans. Oh yeah. And then the sausages sticking go. out. Yeah, yeah. So it was like yeah. a castle type That's it. thing. Yeah. But same. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. And I used to decide what structure I wanted to make. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is so sweet when you think about it. And then I was like going through like there was like that memory. And then, and then I was thinking, but how, like, because I'm in artisan food, and how, how has that, like, happened from there to there? Sure. And then I was thinking about, you know, Sunday night football, sitting down with my dad with his short little kind of, like, stubby French beers, yeah. beer door or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And we used to have French baguette, olive oil, and balsamic. And I was extremely young then, and we were in, we were in Dagnum Essex. That's quite, like, fancy. Yeah, and I thought, like, hey, maybe that's kind of an area of, like, maybe interest. Like, I still love that to that day, mm. to, to this day. But it was really interesting to think about that path from what I was eating when I was younger. It was, like, a form of kind of almost therapy. Have you got many <laughs> siblings? Yeah, I've got a sister, so... So your mum would be cooking for the two yeah, of you? Yeah, for the two of us, mm. yeah. Yeah, and it was just kind of... I mean, Christmases were big, big dinners, you know, all the family over, 
you know, everything that you mm. can name under the sun. Um, and then there was like my own, like, experimentative, like, kind of like mind. I remember, the, I remember, like, the first thing that I felt like I made by myself was um, like two pieces of bread. I mean, this sounds really, really complicated. A sandwich. A sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, two pieces of bread, jam in the middle, yeah. rolling pin them together rolling pin over yeah and then rolling it into a swirl oh, right pinwheel oh okay all right there's a technical name yeah. for them i think people put like pasties using yes. the steps and put like beef paste and do pinwheels but similar yeah, yeah. and yeah. i and i like remember that being the first thing that i felt like i created in my own mind and i made and i was just addicted to making that's them. so sweet yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a pure yeah thought yeah. and image and like sandwiches marmalade I love marmalade mm. and marmalade always reminds me of Chalkwall Beach and like this is another weird thing I, um, <laughs> marmalade sandwiches with a little bit of sand grit right yeah <laughs> this is really unusual but I've got like a fond nostalgic memory I suppose that's what food is to me of quite course, nostalgic yeah, right and that's what and I'm guessing that's why food is so popular in the UK it's got to be right because it just connects to the heart and and I just always think about being on the beach warm sunshine mm. being very happy having a marmalade sandwich and occasionally there would be a little bit of sand in it because we'd be on the beach yeah and that is horrible type of food the way it sounds and I don't regularly put as an adult man so sprinkle <laughs> yeah. some of the sand yeah Grace yeah. bring the sand in and pour it on there um, but I always look at like that linking memories with, with a lot yeah. of fondness yeah. you know I, am I this is like a bit of a therapy session isn't it's it? it's <laughs> so I lay is down I, I lay yeah. sideways and I, so uh, yeah, but I haven't gone back to try grit in my marmalade sandwiches because yeah, it might trigger something, right? And have I, you ever had a bacon sandwich with marmalade? No. Okay, so that's that something that you need to do. I need to write a list now. Yeah. Um, you know. One of our friends, Rosie, introduced us to this a few years ago now, and um, we've never looked back. And mm. the funny thing is, is lots of people. She's a chef, and lots of people who work with her. It's like a it's like a thing that if you work with her and you didn't know about this, you do. Yeah. So like, yeah, just. Try I would it. love that. I would love try that. It. You know, I've got this real thing with balancing flavors in everything that I make. You know, mm-hmm. I've gone from bangers and mash to what I cook today at home and things like that. And uh, yeah, I like that idea because marmalade just has that bitterness and that sweetness, and, and then you've got the savoury, the salty. Yeah, it's honestly try it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love marmalade, so that's what I'll be doing tonight. I think. So, yeah. how did you get into cheese? Yeah, so, so yeah, te- so you you work for Rennet and Rhine. Yeah, Rennet and Rhine. So I'm head of cheese there. So uh, yeah, I've been doing it for I think it's ten years, coming up to ten years um, for you know ne- next week. And yeah, I, the transition I suppose of going there was. Um, I was actually, before cheese, I was in IT. I was obsessed with computers when I was younger. And I wanted to be an IT consultant. So um, after a few steps, missing it, you know, I went to London. And my job was to get people to remain on certain contracts by um, utilising a very nice expenses budget. So I was very, very young at this time. And I was going around um, London, you know, champagne lifestyle, lemonade budget, on a terrible basic, but nice expenses and I would take those customers out to nice restaurants and drinking 
And I think that's where my palate kind of just grew. Switched, yeah. Yeah, and I, I started discovering more complex flavors, more complex cooking. You know, before that, there was, uh, my mum had an outside catering business and I was always helping there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she met so her. So there's a little bit, again, that's the yeah. little nod to kind of stuff coming through that actually yeah. impact maybe subconsciously again to kind of where you were going to be. Yeah, so we'd do outside catering, they'd have a hog roast company, so they'd oh, yeah. do giant hogs and I would uh, like peel Sorry. off the pulled pork. And Dan, so my mum's partner now, uh, Dan would, is a phenomenal chef. And she made, I remember, like um, duck with cherries or something like that. Oh yeah, it was just delicious. Like, and I, so I kind of got introduced to these flavors. And I remember one evening, someone ordered a cheese ball for a wedding event, and there was a 1.5 kilo chunk of Delice de Burgoyne. Have you had that before? Nice. So basically, easy way to describe it. It's a complicated process, but Jersey gold tops milk, Ooh. the thick cream on top. Yeah take that off and start making cheese with it, Oof. right? Yeah. So really thick, really creamy, double cream, very Moorish, and I devoured probably about a kilo of that cheese in one sitting. <laughs> and that was, I think, my first introduction to artisan cheese. And then after that, yes, yeah, so I was going around London, going to all these places, eating nice food, someone willed out 27 French cheeses. And I was like, what is this, you know? And I'm like, yeah, cheese doesn't come in cheddar, brie, etc. It comes in all different forms. And then I was just curious. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of went to British Cheese Awards, met all the cheese makers, went to the farms, learned how to make cheese, went to a recruitment consultant in Cambridge and said, this is what I want to do, find food. I want to be able to learn. I want to be able to do kind of all this stuff. And expect them to say, you are asking way too much, Perry. Like, they, I was just about yeah. to say that. It's kind of a niche Go away. type thing. Like, yeah. okay, with the pen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just write down admin. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Those <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. And uh, they turned around and they said, no, actually, Mark. So Mark's our MD. Um, and I met Mark on Friday, on the Friday, started work on Monday. Wow. And that's like where my cheese journey began. And I started to learn, you know, tasting cheese week in, week out, mm -hmm. learning about the variability in seasonality. Then I went and trained in France um, as an affineur. So an affineur, that's what I'm qualified in, is to refine cheese. That's what I do. I use the maturing rooms that we have, the Rennet Rind ones in Cambridge, use selective pressures, turning, brushing, washing, you know, you name it, to get the best out of that cheese and mature it through and create a cracking cheese. Um, so I did that and then started to get a little bit noticed for the work that I did for Affinage in the UK. And then I was invited to judge at World Cheese Awards and things like that. That's cool. And it's just, a, I think it's just a curiosity I've always had for biology, chemistry. There was no roadmap. You couldn't go to college to learn about cheese, you know. Mm -hmm. You had to learn it from everyone else. Yeah. Books and whatever and mm. apply your own styles. And yeah, so it kind of grew from there really. Being fortunate enough in London to have the experience of fine kind food. Of that exposure to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, experiencing Delisa Burgoyne, experiencing those 27 cheeses, naturally wanting to be curious of it. The cheesemakers being remarkable people. I mean, they're the best people in the world. Can I just take you under their wing? That's it, yeah. And, they, and teach you. Yeah, you're young, you've got an interest, come to the farm, let's yeah. get to work. Um, and they're just such like beautiful, the best people in the world. They're just so family orientated and great so um so yeah that's kind of like where where it all kicked off and then you know it, 
changing pressures, learning about cheese and seasonality through trial and error is like really interesting and you know that's kind of got us on the map of what we do. So we just briefly spoke mm. before so you're gonna to have to repeat it for mm. the listeners. Um, so you were, so Reddit Rind is owned by Cheese Plus. Yeah, okay. yeah. So tell us, or tell me again about with how Reddit and Rind came about. Yeah, so Cheese Plus um, was our wholesale business that we would go into the majority of restaurants in Cambridge Universities in Cambridge. Covid happened, we lost 98% of our business overnight. Mm -hmm. I was currently maturing about £150,000 worth of artisan cheese at bespoke profiles that only I would think that chef would like, for example. Um, and we had to find a way to get rid of it all to survive. Um, so we always, Mark and I always had this idea of setting up a more um, home-friendly brand, which Rennie and Ryan was decided probably about four months before, but it was going to be a longer project. So we built a website in seven days, um, and I started doing the mystery cheese boxes, which was five cheeses from my maturing room that I've selected, recording a video, that was brand new to me, like social media, <laughs> being in front of a camera, something that I thought I would never have to do, but people seem to love it, and it's just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. And now the restaurants, thank God, uh, you know, the majority of them have survived, mm -hmm. which is awesome. You know, we're still not out of the woods, but I think the picture's much brighter. Yeah. Now we're lending that Rennet and Rhine brand, which connected with so many customers in Cambridge to restaurants. So it's great just to see our name on menus for yeah. once. And So what know. places, what restaurants in Cambridge is yeah. might um, now? Parker's Tavern. Yeah. Um, you know, it's taken on to take a bit of cheese. Yeah. Um, Isle, Restaurant 22, um, all the Cambridge colleges. We Fim, do all the high table. Finboys as well. Finboys, Fim yes. Yeah, Finboys, can't forget them. them, you know. Um, so yeah, a hell of a lot of people now. Um, and all of them are great. <laughs> you know, yeah. They, as soon as they were open, they, you know, they opened again, they called us, what can we do, how can we help? And it was just a phenomenal period of support. And I think, you know, our industry mm. as a food collective in Cambridge is yeah. so much better for it. Yeah. And I think people are far more appreciative of independence, the work that they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty much you, if you have a cheese board in Cambridge, it's going to be your stuff. It's usually our stuff. You know, yeah. um, you know pint shop. Um, yeah. Like it's going to be our stuff. And it, I personally, personally create those selections and each cheese set is a journey and that's the way I kind of so they start off mild they get more complex and they move to all different flavors yeah. and then the video accompanying that explains kind of what I see in there you know which, which is really great like as someone who I mean I like cheese I don't boast to know anything about mm. cheese so to have that kind of knowledge that you can go to you can read about you can watch where someone's yeah. going to talk to you about mm. it is I think it's really great yeah it's really helpful yeah um, I think it's a direct connection to Brit British farms and the our yeah. dairy industry we've got like beautiful pastures you know in in the UK and it, it's that direct connection where you can buy a piece of British artisan cheese mm -hmm. and support that family yeah and it, it really feeds into that sort of yeah. economic kind of safeguard that we need in the UK yeah so, kind of going back to that yeah because obviously you know yeah. hundreds of years ago that's all it was yeah. it would have been 
that, that situation, wouldn't it? There yeah. wouldn't any kind of exporting of any type. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah, bringing it back to what, yeah. it, what it was. And yeah, and people need more value for their, their money as well. You know, if you spend some money on a piece of cheese, you want longevity in it, you want it to challenge you a little bit, you know, rather than those bland supermarket cheeses, which, you know, are made in a really precise way with mass-made machines where, you know, it's crazy to think that some of the cheeses I bought you a box yeah. um, for people who are, who are listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it's crazy to think that I'll be turning that cheese and washing it in a low brine solution three times a week for six months. Like when you think, and soon it's really weird. Soon as I say that to people, so for six months, they kind of look at you and go, "What? Yeah, That's are you cra- yeah. how you make cheese? Because <laughs> yeah. it just appears yeah. in plastic usually on the shelves, and you think that it's yeah. There's there isn't that connection like you were no. saying, having that connection of where it's from, what goes into it, and then the yeah. product at the end, you yeah. know, is really key, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, talking to people, being open about it, trying to connect those dots for people. It's just been hugely popular. And I remember the first like videos that we did were kind of like in our back garden with the box that you made. Go through our Instagram <laughs> and have a look at those. And it, it, a running joke is as I was, cause I was doing them weekly because I had so much cheese that I needed to, to get through. And my beard was growing and growing. And that I was long, <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm waiting for someone to do like a time lapse of it, just like. Um, but yeah, Grace was helping me. Grace came through block. She's my other half. She was helping me do all the videoing, and yeah, that was really intense because I just wanted to do one cut because I just wanted to talk about cheese the way I do, no fancy cutting, and hopefully it will connect with people because it's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was quite stressful trying to do that <laughs> in the garden. And we got like the camera going and, you know, Archer's at home, homeschooling and, but you know, we're the better for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And um, the great thing about the boxes as well, people were taking them into their restaurants. So they're having mystery cheese boxes, their cheese selection on their menu, and the video they're using to train their staff. Yeah. So we're all just getting more knowledgeable about British cheese, yeah. our stand cheese in general, which is great. And you're still doing the boxes for home delivery? Yeah, home delivery. They're, that's never going to stop. We love doing it. Yeah. So yeah, you can go online. They're £32, £6 delivery, free if you order over £50 of bits and bobs. That's really great. Yeah, 200 grams roughly, depending on how precise our cutting is on that day. Five cheeses that I've matured personally yeah. to go in that box for that month. Um, yeah, and that's going really well. So again, they'll be ramping that up for Christmas. Yeah. So Christmas is going to be obviously your busiest time of year, obviously. It's chaos and it's even worse this year really because everyone's so scared about what happened the previous year. So so, yeah, it's quite a difficult one to work out how much I'm going to Mm -hmm. mature for that period. Um, So it's going to be a challenging year, but I do the Christmas edition special like mystery boxes, which has six cheeses in, wine, and some charcuterie that oh, I've nice. made um, with Tempus in Surrey. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, that's what I really, that's the one box that I need to get right 100% every year. But what from a now. great thing mm. to order for yourselves or for yeah. gifts or, you know, it's perfect, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, just open it up at Christmas, watch the video. We put like quizzes in there and stuff like that. So fun. it's a bit of but fun. Like for dinner yeah. time, all that. Just a yeah. single box, yeah. it arrives to you and you're ready to go. You just crack on with your turkey or whatever you do. So right now, mm. What what cheeses are you loving? What's your like favourite cheese at the moment? Mm. I'm really pleased that you said at the moment. 
Yes, because I'm sure it changes. <laughs> yeah. These things you have like, you know, peaks and troughs. So yeah. like, right now, what yeah. are you just loving? Yeah, so there's this cheese which is called Old Rome, which is a traditional Wensleydale style, but okay. made with raw, unpasteurised milk. Um, and I've been aging those, one of these on. I've actually got it in the box. If Let's you have do, a look. do you, yeah. Uh, have a box here of <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let me pop this open. So this is like one of my reserve range cheeses. So I've been maturing this for six months. Usually they go up to four. Okay. And it's like an old um, traditional recipe. So so Wensleydale came over from the Sistine months in like the 14th century, and they used to make it with sheep's milk. Predominantly, we were sheep milk cheesemakers because. Sheep, yeah, and sheep is renewable, like wool every year. Cows, you can only really get one use for them. Obviously, that's changed on its head, and this is cow's milk unpasteurized, but quite into that old profile. Yeah. So rather than these Wensley Dells that we're seeing in the supermarket, the backpacks, this is traditionally cloth bound and then smothered in butter. So it kind of like locks in. Anything yeah. smothered in yeah. butter. <laughs> of any type of food is going to be good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's so, and territorial style cheeses like Wensleydale, the more lactic, the Cheshire's are dying out. The younger palate doesn't like them as much. Because they're, they're quite, um, how do I say that? I can't really think of other than like a kind of yeah. that, you know? <laughs> and also they're like a little bit simple as well. Mm. Like, and a lot of people link complexity to quality. Yes. When actually it's not like that at all. This is a great starting absolutely cheese agree. Yeah. yeah absolutely and, and this, you know, it's it's crumbly, but it's actually very wet as well. Mm -hmm. So um, and it's got this sticky, stodgy kind of texture to it. I mean feel free to break off a bit and give I it a go. Do, yeah. I yeah, like I I'm actually uh, my mouth's watering so I can smell it. So yeah, I'm gonna have a little little tiny bit of it. But those like smells and aromas you only get from artisan cheese. You open that up, that's grass, pastures, yogurts, lemon. And I mean it's very simple, but the the for a Wensleydale, I think it's unbelievable the amount of length that it has. So Old Rhone, it made in the Yorkshire Dales by um, Ben Spence, really micro, small dairy, um, and really pleased with it at the moment. So that's like it's one really of my favourites at the moment. Yeah. It's really, like you were saying, it's like wet. It's yeah. Um, <laughs> it's compared to, you know, like Wednesday you, know, you get to the supermarket, it's yeah. so dry. Yeah. It literally just like, just yeah, and it's because the curd has been too aggressive and it's knitting together because they want to get that crumbly because everyone thinks Wednesday Dows should be crumbly mm. and you get that intense knitting together where you get a bit of crumbliness in there but it's kind of sticky which yeah. is quite nice and it's just got a huge amount of length and I, I love the fact that someone's taken a very traditional British 14th century recipe, put it back on the map and hopefully you know, the younger palate will enjoy this and it will survive for a lot, yeah. lot, lot longer. It's know. delicious, mm. absolutely delicious. So before we get to the burger bit, this mm. is kind of semi-burger bit, mm. but not quite. If that's not even really a phrase, yeah. but hey-ho. Um, the ultimate cheese on a burger. So not your best burger you've ever eaten yet, yeah. but a cheese yeah. that you would be like, now that, on a burger. Yeah. I mean, it, it may make at least my crossover, but again, a cheese that you think would be banging on a burger. So, so do, the, two, can I have to pick two? Yes. <laughs> oh, you can pick as many <laughs> yeah, as you like want. You're judge, jury, and executioner no, of this one. Crack on. Um, so, so number one cheese, melting cheese, is a cheese called Oval Shield. Made oh, down yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a British raclette made by Jamie Montgomery and a wash rind cheese. 
and as soon as it touches heat it melts mm. and creates beautiful flavor mm. and uh, the majority of great toasties in the uk take uh, in the uk sorry in cambridge create uh, yeah. take our ogle shield but you know that's very known it happens and it works but what I would love to see is, I think we were briefly talking about it, I make my own truffle um, breeze, and they're very rich and indulgent, and on a burger, they're phenomenal. And I love okay. truffle, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so Ogle Shield, that is the go-to melting cheese and should be on every burger, if so. Um, but a truffle brie that I make, my own recipe, lots of mascarpone, lots of double cream, lots of truffle, Oof. really matured brie. It's just intense. I did a pop-up um, at Cam's, um, Cambridge Cookery School, yes, yeah. which was really exciting for me to do, do a service, which I've never <laughs> done. And I did my own truffle brie, and it was like the fifth course that came out, and it was, it's kind of stacked quite high, because I just stuff it and everyone just looked like they were just in a comatose state after in having it. Yeah, in heaven, in heaven, but also slightly concerned for their health, the amount of cheese that they consumed, which is great. That's the best place to be, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know. But um, yeah, oh, nice. tr okay. truffle brie, my own recipe, I think it'd be great on a burger, but Ogle Shield um, is, is the so ultimate. It's melting melt. ability. It's unbelievable. I mean, if you're terrible at cooking, grate someone toast, right? Turn up the grill, Put it under there, walk away, make yourself a cup of tea or do whatever, and you'll come back and it'll look like the world's most perfect to toasty. Mm. There's a perfect balance between calcium for the stringiness. You know, it has a perfect amount of moisture to actually the grill to get in yeah. there. I mean, it's phenomenal cheese. There we go. You heard it here first. Available online. Right, so let's get to the, the what I want to know, which yeah. is the best burger you've ever had. Yeah. But when, when was it? Yeah. Where was it? What was in it? Yeah. See, this is going to be difficult to kind of pinpoint you can have more than one just okay FYI. all right so so what what i'm going to say and i'm probably i should probably get turfed out of here for this right is mcdonald's right no that's fine right no no had, <laughs> neil b on series one had, oh did he well, he had um, oh good old neil well done oh okay and he literally oh, went cool. through yeah. i mean it sounded insane he went yeah. through um and told us all these elements to his yeah this whopper that he just absolutely so yeah. you're all good so this is like uh, and i can't pinpoint a time this is why i think we spoke about how food is quite nostalgic to me yes. going to mcdonald's and getting a happy meal and getting a toy there's something about that as a very fussy eater of someone who liked plain pasta or whatever growing mm -hmm. up is the only time that i would eat gherkins the mustard ketchup yeah. mix and onions and whatever and I think that, like, for me, that, that, you know, anyone who doesn't say they don't have a memory of, like... McDonald's. Of McDonald's and it being happy, getting a happy yeah. meal, that's what they're designed to do, right? Yeah, but I think McDonald's in itself, I think, yeah. it's most people's first memories of yeah. burgers most yeah. of the time. Because that's, yeah, that's where mm. you go, your parents kind of take you. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of people have these very fond memories of, like, yeah. Happy Meals or a Big Mac. Yeah, their first Big Mac. I also remember you in the Happy Meal, you could like they you could cut out a stage, couldn't you as well? I don't know if they still do that. No, they don't do that. That's a, such a shame. And now it's a choice of a book or a toy, what are they and you doing? can choose what between chips or like a fruit bag or carrot sticks. <laughs> Kids I my bag. kids have chips. I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, I come on, guys, yeah. have a toy, yeah. have some chips. Yeah. 
But in general, going out, I steer away from burgers. You know, I'm very, I, I don't like, you know, when I said I like a Happy Meal with a toy in when I was much younger, I don't like gimmicks. And I've seen a lot of like closhing with smoke coming out of burgers. But, you know, uh, you know I shouldn't say it, but, uh, and, I, and I will do, but you guys make phenomenal burgers. Thank you very much. Right, and, and I think people might think I'm on here, so I'd be paid to say that. But I've been like, going to Steak and Armour since like, the start. Yeah. And the, what, those, you, what you do to the burger, splicing, you know, good quality ingredients, um, and that kind of wet patty, yeah. and the kind, of, the, the kind of medium rare that it mm -hmm. has is phenomenal. And I remember, I, I was going to ask you, like, where was the first market? Because I reckon I was like, at the first van kind of pop up. It was right? um, the first, uh, it was E Cambridge 2013 yeah. I want to say at Hope Street Yard yeah. in Off Mill Road. Okay. I think that was the first, uh, probably very, very first yeah. kind of market yeah. news term um, and then it would have been Food Park then the yeah. station maybe food park, yeah. or yeah. Burwash yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. yeah and I remember the first time walking away from your van you had the I think you did the Citrons and yeah. you know the red one and I remember walking away opening it up and thinking Jesus this is a bit of a mess and that's something to handle because it's yeah, just yeah, so yeah. juicy and I remember having a bite and just kind of having this kind of casual look over my shoulder to just imprint the name of the business that's making these burgers <laughs> so and yeah and i have really fond memories with your burgers like in lockdown when we got the one the one thriller yeah oh my god you do not understand how much happiness that gave you know you know it's really <laughs> sweet because you're not the first person that said that yeah. to, to 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 us and you know as we've spoken about mm. it was such a such a question mark hovered over that time yeah. because nobody knew mm. what the hell was going on yeah. and so many people contacted us and said thank you so much for this like we you know it's our taste of normality it's the highlight of our week yeah. and it, it was really it was really wonderful and it was it, yeah. you know milk it's there that you know they either work or they don't and we were using a lot with uh, click it local for yeah. example um, and getting mills from all around the place to support as much as possible. But we, I think we're, and, and I'm, I'm sure Grace will mention this when, when she does it, and I reckon she'll bring it up, because it was just a time where we was having a particularly difficult week. Mm. You know, homeschool learning, uh, homeschool teaching, um, you know, Ren and Ryan, the business just being a bit of trouble, like every food business over the last 18 months. And I remember us just sort of making it, following the instructions to the letter and it coming out like we were here. This is <laughs> like, Jesus, so how did you do like, that? Oh, yeah. yeah, so everyone knows now how yeah. we kind of look. But I think the key thing and that feedback we got from a lot of people was mm. it was the steaming of the bun. Yeah. That's the yes. thing that makes it, I think, most like yeah. authentic. Yeah. If you steam it and you get that squat, squishiness and that squashiness, that's the thing that you kind yeah. of go, yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. So it looks really, yeah. because I think a lot of time the burgers look really big, yeah. but actually once you've steamed them yeah. and they're a bit squishy, they're not yeah. as dense as you would think yeah. that they're going to be. And yeah. Um, yeah, those kits were great. We've, yeah. we've kind of slowed down on those now. I, it was, 
that I think they're really great, mm. but also sometimes it's like it had its time. Yeah, exactly. Where that yeah. time was just great. Yeah. Yeah. And at the beginning, we were delivering them ourselves, so yeah. we had like oh, wow. a team. So on every Saturday, like Leo's brother, like we had to just some people, like some of the uh, staff and Leo's dad even oh would all God. have postcodes, yeah. and then they'd all come and get delivered. Yeah. And um, it would take hours yeah. because they'd all have one postcode, and then we went on to Click It Local, which was. Yeah. Amazing, yeah, so much yeah. better. Yeah, um, but it, it it's it was kind of like just that like little pocket yeah. of time where I love. I think someone should write a book on this, like time and food in general. The the pivot stories, the popular yeah. word, and just like the remarkable resilience of our industry. You know, yeah. we were pretty much at the right sharp end of it. But I think what's helped yeah. and you touched on it earlier yeah. was the huge support. So yeah. we had such huge support mm. from from the local people, our customers. Yeah that were all there. I mean, people would message us saying, what yeah. can we do? Yeah. Can I buy vouchers? Can yeah. I, you know, they just wanted to help yeah. support so yeah. that we were here yeah. at the end of what we, at that point, we, no one knew, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it was so, it was beautiful. It was yeah. so lovely. Yeah, and I think there was a real telling time. I can't, it was in between one of the lockdowns or when it first started, you know, we were first coming out and you walked along sort of, I can't remember where I parked, but it's kind of round church area. And I walked over and I saw bridges open, you know, and, you know, Chan, most loveliest people in the world, they were open. And I kept on walking down the street and I saw all the independents open to some degree, trying, just effort, mm. fighting, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I'd see the large chains, chains not. Yeah. And for me, if I could sum up a picture of how important independent businesses and artisans and whatever, mm. it's kind of logged in my mind what the high street looked like in between, you know, as soon as you could open or whatever, people were trying to do something, yeah. milk it, whatever, yeah. where, you know, the, the, the chains that I'm talking about just weren't there really yeah. because they don't fundamentally care about our high street. I sound like I'm getting on a rant, don't I? No, no, no. <laughs> it's not. Like, I, it's I, yeah. Because it's when it's your business, yeah. it means so much to you. Yeah. When you're invested in something, yeah. and it's your business, yeah. and it's your livelihood, it, therefore it's your house, it, yeah. it's everything, it's your yeah. family, yeah. you you push, yeah. you try, you strive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's that grit and term, determination, kind yeah. of what you're yeah. talking about, yeah. that people are there, yeah. they want it, yeah. like let's, yeah, let's get through this, let's do it. Yeah. And I think that with all the local support, yeah, it, yeah, it was great. It was, mm. um, it's one of those times now that we can kind of look back yeah. with an almost nostalgia, yes. like in a weird way. Definitely. I um, wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, no, that period. No, let's not go there again. Know. But yeah. again, we're, we're that far out of it now, yeah. you can see a lot of positives. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a huge amount of positives coming out of that, yeah. that time. And let's just hope we hang on to a few of them because we'll all be better people for it. Yeah, right, I completely you know? agree. Um, yeah. And yeah. on that note... <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That was amazing. Really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. No and problem. guys, if you want the, tell them, tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to go online, check out our website. It's On the socials, Instagram, that's mainly where I'm at. It's uh, Rennet and Rind. Um, and yeah, if you want to call us, I love talking about cheese. Most of the time I'm in the maturing rooms. Um, and I've got my kind of headset on um, and I'm taking calls. So if you ever want to talk British cheese, just call up and ask for us. Just find our website, uh, our number on the website and just give us a call and we'll have a chat. Amazing. No worries. Great. Thanks for having me. No props. Enjoyed that. See you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 
there we go episode one is done i really hope you enjoyed listening guys join me next time for more burger bands